Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Enterprise Sales Development Podcast, brought to you by Science Technologies. We interview outbound leaders at fast growth businesses to learn their secrets and bring you actionable insights. Thanks for joining us this week. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Enterprise Sales Development. I'm Eric Quanstrom, CMO of Science. Boy, this episode is a really fun one. We walk through everything LinkedIn related with, frankly, one of the leading experts on LinkedIn today, and that's Bryn Tillman. So Bryn is the CEO and founder of Social Sales Link. She's been doing that for almost a decade and advising companies large and small on how they can master their LinkedIn outreach. And she goes through, you know, some of the what she calls the five tips, if you will, for leveraging LinkedIn most effectively. You're going to want to listen for those. The other thing that, frankly, she gives away a ton of secrets. So this one's just chock full of insights and actionable tips that you can walk right out of this podcast and right into a more effective use of LinkedIn in all of your prospecting and all of your sales development. Take a listen. Welcome back to the Enterprise Sales Development Podcast, everyone. And we're here today with Bryn Tillman. Bryn, thanks so much for joining us. I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. We're really excited to have you as well. And we wanted to start with, I think, the most obvious question, which is anyone who's seen you online on LinkedIn, and that's a lot of people, have seen you as the LinkedIn Whisperer and a lot of other titles as well. How did you become the LinkedIn Whisperer? In my case, it was by accident. So, you know, I'm a recovering sales trainer. <laughs> I, you know, I've been in sales and sales training for my whole career. And when I found LinkedIn, which now 12 years ago, it's crazy how, how time flies, I recognized it solved a really big problem for me, which is I hated to cold call. Loved sales. I loved everything about sales. I really just wanted. To, I loved the networking part of sales. I loved the, but, but the cold calling just didn't work for me. And I'm not out there saying it doesn't work. It just did not work for me. And I wasn't happy doing it. I was good at it, but I wasn't happy doing it. So when I found LinkedIn, and really there was one feature that just blew me away, which was the ability to filter and search your connections, connections, to identify who in your network could help you gain access to your stakeholders, your influencers, your buyers. And I recognize this is now by far the most powerful data that any salesperson could have because it's personal to their network. This is not something we could buy. It's not a list we could buy. Like this is, you know, it's not even, there's not even a competitive situation because it's your network who can get you there. And so when I saw that, I said, I don't want to teach negotiating skills anymore. I don't want, I just want to teach very top of the pipeline. How do we start first conversations by leveraging LinkedIn and your network? So there's a lot of folks that, you know, think, hey, I start with the tech stack. I go buy my LinkedIn sales navigator account and then I have my SDRs just kind of go nuts. And that's about the extent of the strategy. Why is that insufficient? Well, so first of all, SDRs and Sales Navigator, we have to start looking at SDRs differently. So right now, the typical KPIs for an SDR is how many dials did they have? How many conversations, maybe how many people did they talk to? Doesn't mean that it was a good talk to. It was just how many people actually picked up the phone. And then maybe we're, we're looking at how many appointments did they set, which I think is important. 
But, you know, an SDR in, in some cases is rewarded for lots of dials. And that's not necessarily the most productive KPI. For me, it's how many first conversations are we having with people that want to talk to us, right? It's not even who picked up the phone. It's not who listened to my first pitch. It's how many people are interested in talking to us because they recognize that we are a resource that may actually solve a problem that they have. So when we can rethink the KPIs for an SDR, now Sales Navigator becomes a really powerful tool. The other piece of this is the SDR has to own some piece of relationship in the conversation with for, for LinkedIn to really be valuable. I see LinkedIn as this, the, the power of LinkedIn is the first, second, third, really first, second connections. That's the power of LinkedIn. You can buy a list from Zoom Info that may be almost as good as your list that you pull on Sales Navigator. But what you don't get is the social proximity to these buyers. You don't get how am I connected and who can help me gain access to them. And so if the SDR is like more kind of the dial and smile, like book it, I never talk to them again, it goes off to the account manager and, and I'm done, then Sales Navigator, isn't, you're not going to get the most out of it. You're not going to get the magic out of it. So if we can kind of look at SDRs more as inside sales reps ver- where they're they're building rapport and relationships, not as deeply as the account managers, I get it, but enough that thanks very much for ha- you know chatting with me today. Let's connect on LinkedIn if I can be of any help. Even though it goes off now to the account manager, maybe there's a cadence where it's like, hey, it was great talking to you. I'm really excited for you to talk to Eric. He's really great. But I did come across this article and I thought based on our conversation, this might be of value to you, right? And now you're building, why? Because at one point, they're going to be connected to someone that you want to meet. And when you reach out, they're not going to remember the SDR that said, okay, let me connect you. And then I never talk to you again. So we have to be open to the evolution of the SDR role. That is not just dial, smile and dial. Like we're, we're beyond that in today's world, I think. You know, you make a couple really good points. And, and first you talk about, I mean, it seems so simple, but actually just setting the right goal for SDRs, which is setting sales conversations with the right people. But all of those words in that statement, the right people, that their sales conversations, they're really mm-hmm. important. And so just keeping your eye on that prize, I think is really interesting. And then also describing it as almost almost a web of Rolodexes that you can access, mm-hmm. seeing all yeah. of these different interpersonal connections and being able to take advantage. It's, it's a different way than I've heard LinkedIn described before, but I think it's, it's a really valuable one. And then you hinted at something that I know Eric is famous for talking about, which is the give versus the ask. You know, you kind of hinted at the idea of, of using LinkedIn to give versus asking for a mm-hmm. meeting or asking for something back. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that a little bit more. Like when you're communicating with people on LinkedIn or teaching people to do so, is it all focused around the give or, or how do you change that balance versus a, an email campaign? So I'm about to say something that's going to make every sales manager cringe. Your reps need to detach from what the prospect is worth to them and attach to what they are worth to the prospect. I'm going to say it again. Sales reps need to detach from what that prospect is worth to them and attach to what they are worth to the prospect. In our new digital economy, the resources, the availability of Googling to get answers 
is so simple that the, you know, when I started in sales, I started at Dun & Bradstreet. We would get inbound calls and they'd say, send me information. There was no website. So I knew the moment they thought about working with me, I knew they called. They, there was no other way to get information. We don't have that anymore necessarily. Like they're Googling, they're finding things. You know, there are stats all over the place. I think the challenger sales said something like 57% of the buying decision is made before the rep is even contacted. There's all these things. So, so we have to be that resource. Corporate visions, 74% of buyers choose the sales rep or company that's first to add value and insight, right? These are, then this is data. This is not like, hey, I have a great idea. This is, these are re, you know, research that has been done and proven. So if you are connecting and pitching, you're lost at, you tripped out of the gate. You're not even in the race anymore. If your concept is I'm going to connect with as many people and then say to them, you know, hey, George, we help companies just like you do this and this. Are you interested in? You're done, right? You landed flat on your face. They've deleted you. And here's the other thing. If it's a bad cold call, they hang up on you. If it's a bad email, they delete it. If it's a bad LinkedIn, they see your brand, your name. They can even report you and eventually get shut down if you're doing too many of these. Right. So the, the, it's not a zero sum game. It's not a neutral if they don't like you. It actually can be harmful to both your brand and your account. And it's not productive at all. So we have to slow down the outreach to speed up the outcome. So let's talk about being that resource first. Right. Let's let's talk about how do we earn the right to get that conversation? Because I, every sales rep I talk to that says to me, if I could just get more at bats, once I get on a call, I'm great, but they just won't take my call. And it's because you haven't earned it. And the only way you can earn that is from being a resource, from you earn credibility, you earn trust, you earn curiosity, right? And so, so we need to do that. How do we do this? I mean, there's lots of ways to when from a content perspective, there's a one-to-many play. I share it on my, my newsfeed, hope lots of people get it. There's a one-to-few play, right? So I, I'm talking to CEOs in the tech area, and I go out and curate this amazing article that's great for CEOs in the tech area, and I look up all the CEOs in the tech area and Sales Navigator, and there are 73 I'm connected to, and now I get them a templated message that I thought of you when I came across this, but it feels personal. That's one to few. And then there's one to many. Hey, Eric, it's been some time since we last talked. You know, I really enjoyed the podcast you were on two weeks ago. You know, and when I came across this article, I thought, man, that really aligned with what you talked about. That's where the sale is. So it, that, that's the slowing down the outreach to speed up the outcome. You're getting 90% response rates when those are your conversations. And, and if we can do that on a little video, which you can do for free on LinkedIn, on the mobile app. You don't need Sales Navigator for that. And I can send a little video. It, the, the response is incredible. So it does take more time. So we can't look at KPIs around volume anymore. We have to look at KPIs around quality, 
right? And, and, and how much of that is converting to conversations because I connected human to human. One of the mistakes salespeople make all the time is they're going, look at all these leads, look at all these leads, these are all leads. They are not leads. They are not leads. It's like walking into a trade conference and seeing hundreds of people on the floor and go, oh, look at all the leads. You're going <laughs> to die on the vine, right? These are human beings that we want to engage with. We want to be a resource. We want to share insights. We want to bring value. And when the time is right, the sale will happen. But we have to start conversations around the things that matter to them, not the things we want to talk to. We'll get there, but we need to get there naturally. If we were on that trade show conference floor and I walked up and I'm like, hey, I'm Bryn Tillman. I'd love to talk to you about how we can sell you this. They'd be like, what do you, I, I'm here to like learn stuff. I'm not here to be sold to, right? And so at the end of that whole engagement, you can really either build some credibility with some really important people, or you can kill your reputation because you want the easy button. And it's not easy. It's a lot of work to go mass outreach. And it's so disappointing when it's such minimal response. And you can't use automation. I don't care who tells you you can. You can't. It breaks LinkedIn's user agreement. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. I think a lot of people learned that recently as LinkedIn's always changing algorithms and whatnot. And there was a lot of difficulty in the market as people adjusted to what is and isn't okay in LinkedIn. So I think people have learned that lesson sometimes the hard way. And you you hinted at another really interesting insight that I wanted to kind of suss out here, which is you talked about using LinkedIn as almost your own landing page or your own brand. And you you dropped a stat. I don't remember the number, but you dropped a stat about how most people go with the first, not the best that they talk to. And it, yeah. it almost gave me a flashback to when I was selling analytics to real estate agents, which are a unique target group, but the stat was almost the same. It was about 73% of them go with not the best realtor, but the, the first one they build a relationship with. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so we used to talk about orchestrating serendipity. Like get in front of someone, make sure they see you. When the time comes, they'll say, what a coincidence. And you'll say, well, no, it's not, but can't wait to work with you. It sounds like that's more of the approach that you're talking about here it is building the recognition and the reputation so that even if they don't convert on LinkedIn, that when you do pick up the phone, when you send an email, they're going to know who you are. Is that kind of the mindset you're bringing into this? That's certainly a very important piece of it. It's not the only piece, but it's a very important piece. Brand recognition, even for your personal brand, is really important. You know, another thing we can talk about just briefly, I mean, content is is key. And I know that being a resource and help, I, I believe you're even helping your clients be the resource, right? Like that's a big piece of what you guys do, if I understand that. And so I think that's absolutely critical. There's a There could be a step earlier if we're really cold, cold, cold calling, which is ask them their point of view first. Now I understand what is important to them. And then when I am a resource, it's specific to their needs. So we can do that through a poll, as long as we write it the right way. We could do this through, I shared a piece of content and I'd love their perspective on it, right? And not, not, hey, I want you to read this because I, you know, I, I want to prospect you. As a, a CEO, and I'm going to just, as in the tech space, your perspective on this article would mean a lot. I'm really trying to understand the 
the the way that you know and and so if you're going after and CEO is a smaller company but you know if you're going after the enterprise company hopefully you've buyer mapped out and you know all the types of people that you want to talk to and then you're going to find the right resources that will align with the the job responsibilities of the director or you know or what whomever it is that you're talking to you've got the right content for the right people and you're asking the right questions to the right people. So, you know, there, there's definitely a lot more touches in what we recommend. Because again, the, the connect and pitch is a bait and switch and we want to stay away from that. When you think about that connect and, and pitch and the dangers therein, I'm really curious about the guidance that you give your clients on what their mindset should be instead, right? Like how to shift, because a lot of this goes into, okay, if I if I agree with you that you know connecting and pitching is wrong and and I don't want to damage my brand and I want a longer game, in other words, like the way you put it earlier, which is slow down to speed up. Where should my mind be, especially as a leader, as an organizer, as as a manager of an organization, including one that has a bunch of SDRs in it? How should I be thinking about kind of like the LinkedIn go to market channel? So there's, I guess, foundationally really five points, and then we could dive down. But the first one is their profile needs to be converted from a resume to a resource. Their prospects do not care if they are 130% of quota year over year. In fact, if you talk about how great their negotiate, if they're talking about how great their negotiating skills are, they're going to actually repel prospects because they don't want to talk to the best negotiator. They want to talk to the worst negotiator, right? So let's think about, let's get into the seat of the buyer and the influencers and what do they care about? They care about one thing. Can you solve my problem? And, and saying you can solve the problem in today's world isn't enough. Right. You, you've got to, so rather than telling them how you can help them, Start by helping them. Make your profile a resource. LinkedIn is, has given us gifts upon gifts in order to do this. The new featured section. Do not put your one sheeter in your featured section. The, the, do not put your pitch deck in your featured section. This is a resource. The goal here is to lead them to your solution. Don't lead with your solution. That's a pitch. Lead to your solution with insights and value that get them saying, man, if I can learn this from their LinkedIn profile, imagine what a conversation will look like. So that's where you start to earn the right. And and they start to see you as this resource, not as a sales rep or your people I'm talking to. So, So it's important that the, the sales leadership really take those profiles seriously because they can do all kinds of other things on LinkedIn, but all roads lead back to that profile. And so you could, that rep could have shared great content. They could have engaged really well and it comes back and it's that, you know, and it's all about their sales skills. And they're like, I don't really want to talk to a salesperson. I want someone who can help me. <laughs> I mean, like, right. Cause that's, that's the way the buyer thinks. Yeah. It, well, it's funny. We we have the the um, almost a verbatim exact talk track, but rather than resource, we say if you thought not about a LinkedIn profile as your professional identity or your job resume online, but rather a landing page, 
Mm. that somebody who may or may not be interested, if you were just thinking about an ideal customer that may come across that landing page, what would you tell them differently if you thought of it from that perspective? I, I love that perspective. And we actually will tell companies when we're talking with them that these are all micro landing pages for you. All of these pages represent you as a brand, whether you like it or not. If they are connected to your company page, they're representing you. There's some synergy there for sure. So I love that. The second one is social listening. This is something that everyone misses, almost everyone. There, and, and in Sales Navigator, a gift. The social listening with alerts inside of Sales Navigator's newsfeed, where they are 100% alerts around companies and leads you've saved that you've told Sales Navigator I'm interested in, and then they do nothing with them. And they go, yeah, so these alerts, the social listening that can happen inside of alerts is absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, for people that have assigned accounts, it's fine. You've only saved your 25 or 50 accounts. That's all you're seeing here. You're not seeing the other noise that you might see on LinkedIn.com. You can also filter this by, you know, funding events. Ooh, that's a nice one. How many of my, my, you know, my companies that I'm going after just got funding? How many? You can search by, um, this is different than the alerts, but you can search a company by, you know, department growth or company headcount growth. So if you're in a situation where you're like, oh, they, you know, they hired more than 10%, you know, sales, they're growing, they have budget, they have like, there's other things that the, those are telltale signs and they have a need, right? Because things are changing and they, you know, is, so there are a lot of things in Sales Navigator that can really help us identify buying triggers, Right. And, and so I think that's social listening is really important. There's another side to social listening, which is do your homework before you talk with someone. Right. And so it's, you know, checking out their profile, identifying shared connections. Uh, who, what college did they go to? What content have they shared? What content have they engaged on? And so it's kind of like in the olden days when we'd walk into an office and we'd look around and see the awards they won and the, their kids' pictures, right? This is the rapport building opportunity right here inside of LinkedIn. So that's number two. Number three, content strategy. Can't get away from it. I know most salespeople, this is like the bane of their social selling existence, right? Marketing doesn't give me the right content that attracts the right people. Like, yeah. And the bottom line is marketing needs, uh, content needs to do two things, right? It needs to keep you top of mind and it needs to help you start conversations. That's all it needs to do. So marketing also needs to hear the kinds of content that salespeople need and they need vendor agnostic content. And that's sometimes really hard for marketing to hear. But when the content is vendor specific. This is how we help people. Here are all our case studies. Here are the tombstones of the accounts that we've done, right? All, your audience becomes numb to that. Even if it's really good stuff, they don't care. What they want are here are the checklists that you need. Here are the industry trends. And remember, your prospect doesn't care. And this is from marketing even so Mark, if you're listening, right, we want to talk about what we want to talk about. We have an agenda. We want to get our story out. But that doesn't mean that our buyers want to hear what we want to talk about. 
And we need to start conversations around the topics they care about because that's what they want to talk about. And just like in person, when you talk with someone, so you know, you're at a at a trade show. You want to say, "Hey, what brought you here today? What are, what breakout sessions are you going to? What did you think of the keynote?" We don't start the conversation around our products and services and on the trade show. You don't have to do that. So, what do we care? Benchmark reports, industry trends. Find out who the customer of your customer is because they care about that. So. And and this is an all news feed. Remember, I talked about one to many. One to many, I probably wouldn't do these offshoots, but one to few and one to one, no question. That content in the inbox that matters to them because I came across it and thought of you is a game changer. So curating content is also really good. So if you don't have so salespeople, if you just your marketing is just not doing that for you right now, and maybe they are and you haven't found it, so I don't want to throw them under the bus. Go look a little deeper. There may be a lot of content there, um, but you can curate content. There's lots of industry associations that have great content. And there are podcasts. I mean, you can literally curate podcast. Right? You could listen to some of these podcasts and say, "Ooh, my prospects would really get value from that." If they would, if you're selling into sales leaders, this is a great, there's a lot of great content. So that you don't have to stick to a blog post, right? There's a lot of great stuff out there that you can share with them that starts the conversation that has nothing to do with your products and services. It has to do with what they care about. That's number three. Number four is nurturing your connections. We have a bad habit of connect and forget. So now we've gone to this trade show. I walked around. I met people. I shook hands. We had short conversations. And now I have 72 business cards and I go home and I put a rubber band around them and I stick them in the corner of my desk. Not productive, guys. Not when it, with the rubber band and not on LinkedIn. So we really need to take inventory, whether you export your connections or search your first degree connections in Sales Navigator and really drill down. We need to restart conversations. And again, we, we, we want to do this. We actually want to identify three persona. We want prospects, of course. We want clients. Who are the clients we're connected to? Because we want a lot from clients, not just business. We want internal introductions so we can socially surround inside of an organization. So if they leave, we're not, you know, we want uh, external introductions. We want testimonials. We want vendor introductions. Lots we want from clients. Uh, and referral partners. Who else is selling into our client that that's not a competitor? And then we want to put a process around how are we going to re-engage, pull out those business cards, take off the rubber bands. How are we going to start those conversations? There's lots of great ways to do it. And I'm going to go back to resources, asking their point of view are two really good ways to do that. And lastly, warm introductions. Number five, warm introductions. Now we've identified our clients and our referral partners and we go to our clients and we say, hey, Mr. Client, who do you know that could use my products and services the way you have? And they go, I don't know. I can't think of anyone right now, but if someone should ask me, I would introduce you. No problem. Well, that, no, never again. We're going to mine their connections. We're going to identify the 20, 25 people they know that we want to meet. And the conversation is, hey, Mr. Client, you're connected to quite a few people on LinkedIn that I'm going to be reaching out to in the next couple of weeks. But before I do, can I run these names by you and get your thoughts? And it gets whittled down to eight people. And then 
hands down, this is what we're doing all the time now. We are no longer asking for introductions from our clients because number one, it puts them out. Number two, they don't do it all the time. And then they ghost you because they feel really bad that they didn't do it. So you actually create a worse relationship with them when we ask for that. Okay. And, and so we, we tested this. So now, thank you, Mr. Client, for all of this, your insights around these eight people. When I reach out, is it okay to mention that you're my happy client and you thought we should talk? Yes? Great. Now I reach out, name drop, and say, hey, you know, our shared connection said we should have a conversation. Guess what the numbers are? About 50% of them take your call. Not because they want to talk to you, but because they have a relationship with the other person that they don't want to burn. And that's why we can't start with a pitch. We have to almost think of that, even if it's a prospect, as a get to know you call. However, I will always say on that call, you know, I always love to bring insights to my to, to our conversation. Some of the things I can share are on X, Y, and Z. Is that something you'd like to like hear about? And then I just add value. And then at the end, and I ask questions, right? So it's not really a discovery, it's a mini discovery. Right. But it's, it's, it's the start. And then I bridge the call. So, you know, so you know, we went through a lot of things. It sounded like, you know, when I talked about this and this, it resonated with you. This reminds me a lot of a client that I worked with a couple months ago. Can I share that story with you? So we bridge it. Now we share that story. Oh, oh, yeah. They don't, yeah. You know, so I really enjoyed this. It sounds like that really resonated with you. Are you open to exploring how we might be able to help you the same way? Awesome. Let's set up a call. And by the way, when I was doing some background before we talked, you know, you're con Jane, who's the CFO, and Fred, who's the COO. I'd love to bring them on that call. Would that work for you? Like, can we can we make that happen? It's not. Who else should we bring on this call? Who other than you is responsible for? No, 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 just me, just me. That go out. You 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 know exactly who you want on the next call. Okay, I talked a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why you're here. Okay. <laughs> I feel like, ooh, it was all, but that was really fun to like all say it all in one, one breath. I love those awesome five. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so got a couple things that came to mind. You can imagine, I'm sure Eric as well, we've, we've, you've made our gears turn. A couple different thoughts here. First of all, you mentioned polls briefly mm -hmm. and man, is that a hot topic right now? I get a lot of those questions from our clients as well. They go, one person's telling us you're insane if you're not putting up a poll every day. And the next person says, I can't stand these polls. They're terrible. Don't ever do them again. What are your thoughts on polls? So two a month, two weeks each. Okay. Number one, not every day. <laughs> you need a purpose behind the poll. So you need to ask a question that when they answer on these, in, when they answer, those are insights that can help you start a conversation with them. Do not say, do you like grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Like I don't, those are stupid. <laughs> Unless you sell jelly, right? <laughs> if you sell jelly, it's fine. But at the end of the, 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 the poll, all of this is about starting conversations. And you guys know better than anyone else that that's all it's about. It's starting the sales conversation, right? And I love that that's exactly what you do because that's what we do, right? And so it's so aligned. So that poll needs to have a purpose and it needs to help you start that conversation. The other thing is, this is now a, a tool 
not we don't like post and ghost it's not like we put it out there and then see what happens because it's a myth just because you build it they will come or sometimes the wrong people come and we want the right people right and i'm okay with a lot of wrong people voting but i want my 2025 people that i've identified voting so i get it in their inbox right and it's just it's so it's just so simple lisa hope you're well just posted this poll and as a cmo i really thought i'd really love to get your one click vote your perspective is always really important to me once the poll closes you'll get the results in notifications which by the way linkedin does automatically you don't have to do that there's no work around that but i'm also happy to share the insights we glean as well so now we've left the door open that i'm going to now once this poll closes i'm going to come up with a little report based on what I've determined. This is a little benchmark report. And I can look at the 27 CMOs that voted. And when they come to her, I'll say, you know what? Uh, you know, we got a lot of votes, 250 votes, but 27 were CMOs. And it's interesting because your vote was very different. That, and now you're bringing this data that they really care about. That's so, so engaging. Yeah. It's, it's so much more engaging than the polls that we see very often. And taking it into the email channel is a really interesting idea that we haven't heard too much just really making it personal and saying yes this is a poll that covers a lot of people but i want your input specifically it's the opposite vibe that you get these days when you scroll through all those polls on linkedin you're like nobody cares about me they just want a lot of responses it's great yeah and and you know that that becomes the one to few right so the one to many is the news fade the one to one is very clear this is the one to few i made it i searched sales navigator and i found the 75 cmos i want to vote on this and so now I put together a very engaging message. You can click on the three dots of any piece of content and copy the link. So if you're going to do this in Sales Navigator, it's easy to do. Now we have a template and I, you know, Jane, paste, send, Fred, paste, send, right? And so it's like, I, I, I hate to say that it's not, I, I love the one-on-one, -on -one, but when we're doing a poll, this is a great opportunity and you're getting really high level of engagement. It's a one-click poll. They know it's a one-click poll. And LinkedIn does something that I think is brilliant. You cannot see the results until you vote. Yep, that's so, smart. I'm really curious. One, one of the other features that we've been leveraging quite a bit lately with LinkedIn, and I'd love to get your take on it, is the use of events and basically building events on, on LinkedIn. And frankly, it, it's the missing element in my opinion because most people set up an event they use their event provider whether it's zoom or mm -hmm. any other tool on 24 or whatever but the the hardest thing about any event is promoting it and getting mm -hmm. the right people getting that content in front of them and linkedin has just made it extraordinarily easy mm -hmm. to do so now specific to not just first degree connections i know um, and i'm really curious how you're leveraging that with your clients yeah, so I, I really like events a lot. I The other nice thing is, you know, you can do an event as a company and then you can have a lot of folks inviting people to the company event. And then the company itself gets to see the intel. They get to see everyone that said I'm coming. And so they can follow up with them. What ends up happening, I really, there are a few things I'd like to see before I think events are perfect on LinkedIn. I'd love to have a one-click notification Maybe you can only do it at once every 24 hours to let all of these people know what's going on. And you can have an external link, like once you say I'm attending, but the, the, it's a two-step verification, right? Like to get you to actually, just because you said you're come doesn't even mean that it's in your 
although you can add it to your, they are getting better. You can now add it to your calendar so that they, they are improving it. How are we using it? You know, the way that we've used it most has been in scheduling LinkedIn lives. They automatically create the event. It's now, you know, we can promote that all over the place. If you get a really good thumbnail, it can really attract people. One of the mistakes, if you do LinkedIn live and you don't get a thumbnail, it's a big gray box bad mistake, you'll get, you won't get nearly as many attendees, but you know, it's still in progress. It's not perfect, but you know, they do keep improving it. And I think they're really close to a really great product. I think that's really interesting. And, and, you know, wanted to circle back also one other concept that you mentioned earlier, which is talking to the right people. Mm-hmm. A lot of questions we get on LinkedIn are about seniority, especially because this is the enterprise sales development podcast. So a lot of right. our, a lot of our listeners are targeting into enterprises. And so we, we've heard the gamut. We've heard get people at the very bottom end. We've heard focus on managers and directors. Every day we have someone tell us that we should be cold calling Fortune 100 CEOs and expecting them to answer the phone. So on LinkedIn, where, where do you think the, the right answer, where, where's that kind of ideal range? Warm first. Whatever level you have the warm connection. So there's first degree connections. So map, buyer map, right? So there's First degree decision makers, first degree influencers. There's second degree to your decision maker and second degree to your influencers. It's like those are the four quadrants, I think, right? And so if you have a first degree decision maker, that's a direct access. If you have a first degree influencer, so maybe it's not actually your buyer, but it's someone that has your buyer's ear in that company, that's great, right? So I know I, or I, there's someone inside that organization. Typically, we don't have that. What we often have, and we don't, and this is where I think LinkedIn becomes the most powerful product for salespeople, is second degree to the decision maker or second degree to the influencer, which I want to go decision maker if I can. And you should know who your buyers are go to CEO and get pushed down is a very old sales tactic, right? Get, get in touch with the CEO's assistant and have, make sure she somehow says, oh yes, you need to talk to her and say, yeah, I was talking to the CEO office. And she said, right. I've been there, done that. I've been in sales a really long time. That stuff doesn't work anymore. It just, it's just old school. And they still aren't going to take your call unless the CEO literally sends an email with you copied in it, right? It's just not going to happen. So if you have a first degree decision maker, great, go there. If you have a second degree to your decision maker, maybe it's a client, maybe it's a, a referral partner, even someone general in your network, reach out, have a conversation with them and say, hey, look, I'm really trying to get in touch with Eric. Um, I don't know how well you know him, uh, but you know, in the next couple of days, I'll be making a call. I'm wondering, do you have any insights you might be able to share? Right, and so you're like, yeah, absolutely, he's a great guy, or I have no idea. But now we've used our so, and you may have 17 people in common with Eric. So maybe I ask all 17, how well do you know him? And then we go, oh my gosh, we went to college together. He's the greatest guy ever. Where I worked with him for five years. Hey, would you mind jumping on a quick call with me just to provide some insights? Yeah, no problem. I worked with him when he was at Pipeliner and da, 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 and all these things. He's a really great guy. Uh, it, it, you'll absolutely love him. Awesome. When I reach out to him, can I tell him that we had this conversation and you thought I should reach out? Absolutely. Right. So 
you know, Eric, Harry and I were chatting the other day, your name came up in our conversation and he thought I should reach out and introduce myself. Uh, you know, I've been working with him for the last couple of years, if it's a client or leave it out if it's not, let's connect and jump on a quick call, loop you in and what we chatted about. And we connect, you're, you're going to take the call because Harry said to. That's exactly right. Can't yeah, say and referrals are the best type of intro to just about any conversation, like anyways, ever. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the other techniques that I'd love to get your feedback on is what are your thoughts on including big titles at your organization as part of any sequence that you might run, especially outbound, right? Like where, you know, the use of my profile would be something that rather than an SDR connecting or like leveraging or even, mm-hmm. you know, building up their kind of resource page, if you will, why not start at the top and have like, essentially a peer conversation or a peer connection made. So team links, when you have, so when you have sales navigator, if you use the tools available to you, one of them is team link extend. So even if someone in your organization doesn't have sales navigator, they're opening up their network for their sales people to mine. So the whole C-suite should have that. I mean, everyone, the board should all have a team links extend license. And I think they're free. Like, I don't think you have to pay for those. So if, you, if they tell you you do, ask again, because I have a lot of clients that, that have gotten, if, you're, if your account is big enough, I think you don't need to pay for those. So now we've got access to seeing who does the CEO know, who does the CFO know, who do the board members know. And that's a wonderful way. And we don't have to be connected. I'm not going to be connected as a SDR to the CEO. Maybe depends on how big the company is. I may not be connected to any of the board members. I may not even know who those board members are, but those board members are connected to growing the business as much as I am. Right. And so when I can identify that, I can, they're happy to make an introduction. And that I wouldn't do name drop, get an introduction from the board member, from the CEO, make sure that that happens. That's kind of their job, right? (laughs) It is. I mean, it, yeah. Right. You know, it's funny. This is something that, that we did for a while at Outreach. And, and I'll give a shout out to Manny Medina, the CEO over there. He allowed us to make a sequence. It was, I think it was just three steps. It was an email, a call, and a LinkedIn. And he legitimately even made these calls. Once a month, you could pick, I think it was one or two different prospects. They had to be a reasonable right. high, target. Right, a high value. But you'd look into his cont- contacts. Sure enough, LinkedIn or uh, Team Link Connect. I've lazily made a lot of money off of that feature. Um, And he would reach right out, just like you said, very personal connection. I'd love to talk to you. And I want to introduce Mm -hmm. you to someone on my team named Harry. The response rates were through the roof. It was like the easiest deal you'd get that month every single time. Mm -hmm. And the the thing that we didn't expect, because we all thought this was a real nuisance for Manny, he enjoyed it. He actually got to talk to his clients again and and hear their feedback and, and kind of get a better sense than he could have as the CEO otherwise. So We've it's done a win, this. win, win. That's it was awesome. amazing. Yeah. One other question also that I have about these profiles this is a pet peeve. So I want to share this with you. The header on LinkedIn profiles. This is something that Eric and I, we have smoke coming out of our ears every time we talk about it. Almost everyone we see on LinkedIn has their title in there, especially salespeople. It says senior account executive at whatever company dot whatever it is. So what are your thoughts? And maybe this will be one of the last questions we asked today. What should be in the header? So I think the header of your profile should not be sales rep at ABC company because 
It's not interesting. It's not curious. I look at this header as kind of the top of the fold of a newspaper. The job is to get them curious enough to want to keep reading. So I think if you can include who you help, how you help them, and the results that you can bring, they're going to want to continue. Now, I add also what I do. So I'll have LinkedIn and Sales Navigator training. I also have, you know, hosts of Making Sales Social podcast, right? Like I have other things in there, but my start with, uh, you know, transforming the way professionals convert connections to conversations and then LinkedIn training and Sales Navigator, LinkedIn Sales Navigator training, because immediately, so, and, and I may qualify people out with that, but that's okay because I'm qualifying them in as well. What a perfect uh, segue. So Bryn, can you tell our audience where they can learn more, including about some upcoming and brand new stuff that yeah. you've got <laughs> cooking up? Yeah. So first of all, we do have a, a free content library that anyone can join. It's linkedinlibrary.com. And we do have a 12-week LinkedIn sales accelerator program that we have been building for a year. And it's awesome. It's guided selling every day. You get a couple little videos and some activities to do. You get three one-on-one coachings. You get uh, two drop-in coachings a week, like uh, drop-in coaching clinics. Like It's like incredible. And you can find more about that at socialsaleslink.com slash 12 week, one, two week. Just so they could hear it. That was socialsaleslink.com. Slash 12, number 12 week. That's awesome. Got to recommend that everyone checks out Bren online for those who are especially carrying a quota or running a team of people who are carrying a quota. I can tell you, you guys have heard me say this before. I'm lazy and I work really hard to stay that way. And LinkedIn is a tool that allows you to do that. So if you want to be pumping up your pipelines and you want to be figuring out how to do that without grinding it out 14 hours a day, go check out Bren and what she's working on. Thank you guys. I had so much fun. A great discussion.